0: I just think that itself is such a powerful tool and Absolutely. really is the sole reason that i'm here because i want to help women and i want to give them that power and that control to be able to manage their body and their hormones as well
1: hey guys welcome to the happy way podcast your go-to place for all things fun happiness well-being growth trust and diversity I am your host, Melissa Fidelli, and I am here to inspire and connect everyone who chooses health and happiness so you can be your healthier self and live life the happy way everyone. Thanks for joining us again today. This week on the podcast, we have Emma Krieg, who is a women's health and fertility dietitian. Emma is passionate about all things women's health and fertility. She empowers women to understand their bodies and heavily focuses on hormonal imbalances, period pain, skin health, irregular cycles, thyroid conditions, and PCOS. Today Emma is going to really help us understand our reproductive hormones, the natural cycles we experience, what issues may arise in our body if they are out of whack and how to naturally balance our hormones through diet and lifestyle. So let's get straight into
0: things. Welcome, Emma. Thanks for coming on. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Um, This is an area that I'm so passionate about and I absolutely think it's so important for all women. Unfortunately, this stuff just doesn't get taught in school. And Mm. I think it's absolutely so beneficial for women to know and just to understand their bodies a little bit more um yeah so that's essentially why I'm here I just want to share that message amazing we're so
1: excited to have you on when I came across your social media I was like yes this girl's amazing (laughs) I could like just feel your passion and it was it was so good so yeah I thought let's shed some light on these topics because like you said, it's not taught in
0: schools and there's so
1: much that we don't know. And Mm -hmm. yes, we can Google search, but it's so
0: bloody confusing. Yeah, And there's so much online as well. (laughs) Exactly.
1: So I thought, let's get an expert in here to talk about it and, you know, get rid of the BS and just give give it to us straight. Exactly. Oh, yes. Very happy to be here. (laughs) Yeah. Amazing. So I thought we'd start Um, by just sharing your personal journey through health and what really ignited this passion in you to support other women with health, hormones and fertility.
0: Yeah, so I guess my health journey began when I was in my early 20s. So I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's hypothyroid disease um basically this means that my body is attacking my thyroid and because of that it's not able to produce the hormones that my body needs to be able to regulate everything. Mm. Initially I didn't actually need to go on medication and I guess I kind of forgot about the diagnosis for a little while and was just managing it. But eventually I started to notice that I was losing my hair and I remember one morning I was brushing my hair and it was just falling out and it just kept coming and kept coming wow. and it was just such a horrible feeling. Um I was also feeling really depressed and I just I struggled to find the motivation to do all the things I loved Mm -hmm. which was just having a huge impact on me it also took a massive toll on my menstrual cycle so I wasn't ovulating properly I didn't get regular periods they were all irregular and Mm -hmm. sometimes they were short and sometimes they were long um this coupled with coming off the pill as well at the same time just really threw everything out of whack and I just didn't feel myself at all and that was just such a hard A hard time and a hard feeling to go through Mm. so because of all of this it really led me down the path of learning about women's hormones and through the research and some help from really good practitioners as well i started to realize that everything was connected so the symptoms i was having from my thyroid was impacting my menstrual cycle and everything i was feeling was just it was all connected within my body this really helped me to understand what was happening and what was going on. And I started to look at the impact of nutrition and lifestyle on this and how that can impact my hormones and how I can start to use some changes to actually get my yeah. hormones back into balance. So, yeah, it's been a really long journey yeah, through that wow. time. Um, but now I'm finally at the point where I completely understand each month what's happening, and I can look at my, I can track my cycle, I can look at my hormones and I know what's happening and know what's going on. And I'm able to actually give my body what it needs in response to that. So I'm able to make changes and see the impact of, the, of, of those changes. I just think that itself is such a powerful tool and Absolutely. really is the sole reason that I'm here because I want to help women and I want to give them that power and that control to be able to manage their body and their hormones as well.
1: Mm. It's all about understanding how everything's working and knowing what's going on. Because like you said, that's power within itself. Just knowing, okay, what am I feeling? What's happening with my cycle? Where am I at this month? And just feeling like you've actually got a grasp over things. It's good. So today I wanted us to really highlight two female sex hormones, estrogen and progesterone. Both estrogen and progesterone. Sorry, they're tongue-tied I when know, you say them together it together in the same sentence. <laughs> yeah. Oestrogen and progesterone um, play a huge role in hormone health and fertility. Are you able to explain to us what both of these hormones are, how they work, and when in like when they're most dominant throughout your cycle?
0: Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to start with oestrogen, which I like to describe as the woman hormone, and it gives us That womanly shape, so it gives us our hips, butt, boobs, it makes our skin nice and plump. The biggest role of estrogen is that it builds that uterine lining during the first half of our cycle, which is the follicular phase. So the follicular phase is day one of your your period up until ovulation. And estrogen peaks just before ovulation as well. Mm. It's also got a key role in fertility. So it helps to mature the egg in the ovary it softens the cervix and it assists sperm and implantation. Estrogen can also have a big impact on our mood. So as we see it rising in the first half of the cycle, you're going to start to feel a bit of a confidence boost. You're going to want to be social and maybe even a little bit more energetic. So we yeah. can thank all those lovely, Amazing. lovely feelings to Eastern. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> More of that, <laughs> Love please. that, yeah. Um, on the other hand, we've got progesterone. So progesterone is dominant in the second half of the cycle, which is the luteal phase, Mm -hmm. and it peaks about seven days after ovulation. It is actually produced by the corpus luteum, which is made from the follicle from which the egg was released during ovulation. Mm -hmm. The main role of progesterone is to maintain the integrity of the lining and support the egg implantation. So if you think of estrogen as building that lining, then progesterone is going to come in and really stabilize it and support the lining. Yeah. Yeah. Now, progesterone is also responsible for raising our basal body temperature. Mm -hmm. So when women are tracking their cycle and they're taking their temperature after ovulation, you're going to see a rise in your basal body temperature. And that's a really good sign that ovulation has occurred and it has been successful. Uh progesterone can also have a mood balancing effect. So it can help us feel calm and at ease, okay. which is really nice. Yeah, that's good too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You've got to get these things balanced, Mara. Yeah, yeah it's all about the balance.
1: <laughs> wow, they do a lot. So it must mm-hmm. be... Yeah, lots with our bodies, lots with our mood, lots with our fertility. So, yes. Okay. So if either of these hormones are imbalanced, so they're out of whack, what can this cause in the body and what would this look like? I'm kind of getting that, you know, especially with the mood thing (laughs) there, like the calm and the hyper. Yeah. Yes, that's already going to be a big one, I, I'm feeling, but let, yeah. let I'm going to let you talk through this. Okay. Um, yeah, give us some, uh, yeah, what, what does it look like if they're imbalanced? Yeah,
0: so most common, I mean, there's there's a lot of different hormone imbalances that can happen with women mm. and especially with the reproductive cycle, but most commonly what I will see in my clinic is that the estrogen levels are too high yeah. compared to the progesterone. And what we're going to see as a result of that is the menstrual cycles might be long, so mm-hmm. longer than that typical 28-day period, mm-hmm. um, irregular cycles, or even sometimes anovulation, which is when your body doesn't have successful ovulation. Okay. Some of the symptoms that we might experience when we've got excess estrogen can be increased period pain, which is something I had really yeah. bad a lot, um, weight gain, suppressed thyroid function anxiety, might get those sore boobs, inflammation, and there's actually an increased risk of uterine and breast cancers. Okay. On the other hand, if we're looking more at a progesterone deficiency, we're going to see that with shorter cycles. And that's because the body is not able to hold that lining. So it's not able mm-hmm. to keep that the lining stabilized. And as a result of that, you're going to see some early spotting or even yeah. um, an early period okay. coming. Yeah.
1: So what can actually cause these hormonal imbalances? I'm sure there's lots of different factors, but what's most common?
0: Yeah. So like you said, there are so many different Mm. conditions and different factors that can come into play here. And it really can get quite complex. Yeah. Today, I'm going to focus mostly on estrogen excess and just the way that I can, the way I kind of explain it to clients. And I say that there's three factors that can be contributing here. So the first is that the body is actually producing too much estrogen. Mm -hmm. The second is that it's not clearing away or metabolizing the excess estrogen enough. And the last is that there's actually a lack of progesterone production. So remember, it's all about that balance. If we're not getting the levels of progesterone we need, then we're going to end up with having an estrogen Mm. excess. So the first one, when we're talking about our body, producing too much estrogen, then this this can often be caused by actually having excess weight Mm -hmm. because our fat cells can produce estrogen as well. Alcohol consumption is also linked to an increase in estrogen levels and insulin resistance. There's also some research that shows some foods and even plastics contain compounds that essentially mimic estrogen in the body. So -hmm. that's going to lead to an overall higher level of estrogen. When we're talking about our body clearing away the excess estrogen, one of the biggest factors here is looking at fiber and fiber plays a really crucial role here by preventing the reabsorption of estrogen back into mm-hmm. our body. If we're not having regular bowel movements, then it gives estrogen a chance to be reabsorbed back into the bloodstream, which yeah. we we don't want. We want it to be able to get rid of it and take it out yeah the other thing that is impacting here is our thyroid so we need to make sure that our thyroid is metabolizing it properly and it's not down regulated like you might see in hypothyroid Mm. disease exercise has also been shown to reduce estrogen levels and we also need to make sure we're supporting our liver to process and metabolize it properly and this is where some key vitamins and minerals can come into play such as folate b12 magnesium and even zinc And then the third thing that I always speak about is that it could actually be a lack of progesterone. So our body's not producing enough progesterone, which indirectly results in that estrogen excess. Mm -hmm. When we're talking about progesterone, the biggest factor here is stress. And what, what actually happens in our body is that we will prioritize stress hormone production, particularly cortisol, over the production of progesterone. And that can, when it's over a long period of time or when it's a highly stressful time, it can actually lead to those lower levels of progesterone that we might see. Yeah, yeah. so those are some of the three, just some of the three factors that might contribute to having that high estrogen level.
1: Yeah, so it's kind of like, Real mind, body, mm-hmm. life, everything. Yeah. It's, it's all kind of connected. Exactly. Everything yeah, comes wow. into play and
0: there's so many different things you can look at and different little factors that might all contribute a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And
1: I think that's important that we understand that when it comes to good health because a lot of people feel like well, I know I did before I studied as well, you know, not just like everyone. I feel like, you know, we think we've got to focus on one thing and one thing only, whether that be we need to go really hard at the gym and lose weight Mm -hmm. or oh I can't eat any of these foods. Like I'm only eating this. And, you know, I feel like it's, everything needs to be focused on equally and we need to have a kind and gentle approach to everything and not, you know, really just go hard at one aspect. Extreme. Yeah. yeah, Because that in itself can then cause imbalances like what you've said. Definitely.
0: Yeah. I think it's so important just to look at everything. And that's one of the first things I do with my clients is Mm. I just look at the whole picture, what everything that's going on in their life, because it really can every little component of your yeah. life can impact these hormonal imbalances. It's not just about the food and no. it's not just about exercise or it's not one of those. It's yeah. all of them together.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'm sure this next question, my boyfriend <laughs> is going to be really happy that I'm, you know, getting to the bottom of this. Yeah. <laughs> But when it comes to like, you know, mood swings and PMS before your period yep. and you're feeling, you know, maybe a bit more extra moody at certain times of the yep. month, what role do our hormones play in this and how can we regulate that? Please yeah. tell me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'd be surprised how common this is actually. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So like I said before... Oestrogen and progesterone both have quite different impacts on our yep. mood. Okay. So estrogen's going to leave us feeling more positive and confident in that first mm-hmm. half of the cycle. But if we're not experiencing the drop in oestrogen in the second half and that rise in progesterone, then we're going to end up feeling a little bit moody and a little bit anxious and a little bit irritated. Okay. This is because progesterone is that stabilizing hormone. Yeah. So it has that stabilizing effect on our mood. In saying that, though, even women with a regular cycle and balanced hormones might still experience some mood changes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that, it, it depends on the type of level. So I, I, I try to explain this to clients, and I say, look, like if you look at a menstrual cycle chart with the hormones they are always changing and that's just your body and your body is going to adapt to those changes and that's completely normal it's completely okay the time when it becomes not okay is when it's extreme so when you're getting those multiple mood swings in a day or it prevents you from doing the things you love that's when we start to think "Okay, okay there is a bit of an imbalance here and there's some work we can do So with PMS, we often see that in short cycles. We can definitely see it in the longer cycles as well. Mm. But because we've got that lack of progesterone in short cycles, that's when we're commonly going to see the premenstrual symptoms that you're talking about there. Yeah, okay. I do think the key thing to acknowledge here is that our hormones change throughout the cycle and as a result, our mood may fluctuate and that's okay. It's Mm. important to acknowledge the change and understand it. So actually know okay. Well, I'm just in this point of my cycle, and that's alright. Today, I just want some quiet time to myself, yep. and maybe next week I'll feel like going out and socializing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So be kind to yourself. Exactly. Really. Yeah. Be kind okay. To yourself. If if yeah. your body's sending you a message, listen to it. Just relax okay. and take a, take a day off. Take an easy day. Have yeah. some rest. And- yeah yeah and then at the same time use use the highs when they're there if you're feeling really confident feeling social then go out and do it yeah take advantage of that
1: yeah yeah and i think that's also the pressure that we get from you know, thinking that we need to be happy and positive all the time. Mm-hmm. And, yes. you know, what you're saying is like your body's going to yeah. change through the month. You know, yeah. your cycles are going to change and so are your hormones. And yeah. that's going to mean your moods are going to change. Exactly. And, you know, we don't always need to be happy doesn't positive have to be the same. Exactly. <laughs> like that's going to change as well. So it's that acceptance, I yeah. guess, which is yep.
0: yeah. 100%. I was talking to my friend about this and she's like, it's so unfair. Like guys yeah. just get to be stable the whole time. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you can view <laughs> it in that way or you can view it in the sense that, hey, it's, actually really nice and exciting that we mm. get to experience these ups yeah. and downs and we get to, you know, we can take advantage of feeling that extra confidence and that Absolutely. extra energy. So yeah, that's, yeah it depends that's a, a great way, way to look, way
1: look at you look it. it. Yeah. <laughs> so what does our monthly cycle have to say about the health of our hormones? Is that's probably one of the, the best indicators into seeing how things are going, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah.
0: It can tell you so much. And yeah. some people even refer to it as like the body's report card. Yes, it's like, Here, yes, how, how are you going? Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it can definitely tell us a lot and especially when you are tracking your cycle correctly and you're taking your basal body temperature each morning mm-hmm. so what we can see from this when we look at a when i look at a cycle that has been tracked properly we can see which phase of your cycle might be contributing to it being too long or yeah. too short and that can give us clues as to possible hormonal imbalances mm-hmm. so if i see a long cycle with particularly a long follicular phase. then I'm going to start thinking, okay, I think there's some estrogen excess happening here. Yeah. On the other hand, if I see a short cycle with a short luteal phase, then I'm going to start thinking, okay, I think there's a progesterone deficiency. Okay. And what, what women will often notice with that is that early spotting or that I- early period, because it's not able to hold the integrity of the lining. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it really can tell us a lot. And even just looking at the symptoms that someone's experiencing, the length of their cycle, the point of ovulation, if there is ovulation, and just looking at the the time of each of those the two phases and how long or short they are.
1: Yeah. So would you say it's quite important to be tracking our cycle, whether that's through an app
0: or would you yep. recommend that? I think so. Yeah. Um, a yeah. lot of women really might only start to this when they're thinking of having a baby yeah. or conceiving. Yeah. But I've been tracking my cycle for years now and Mm. I just think it is so helpful to understand some of the changes that are going on. And yeah, yeah, if I am having a day or I'm feeling a bit down, then I can, I know why that is and and I can understand, I can sympathize with myself and say, okay, well, obviously I'm just at that time of the month and I just need a rest today. So I do think it can be really helpful. And especially if you are noticing some of those signs like a long cycle or a Mm. short cycle or you're getting some spotting. And tracking your cycle can be really helpful for if you need to get to the point where you want to see a health practitioner because they yeah. can, especially a women's health practitioner, they can look at that and they can interpret it properly. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: Interesting. Mm-hmm. I've been I've been tracking my cycle for a while now as yeah. well. And it's it like it's so interesting because you can see when like I know exactly when I'm about to get my period yeah. without, you know, because I've become so familiar with the patterns of the cycles yeah. from tracking it for so long that yeah. I know that, you know, my hunger increases at this yeah. certain time of the month. And I know that my energy is going to change at this time of the month. And yeah, yeah it's, it's so good because you can kind of, um, I think before I did that, I didn't sympathize with myself and yeah. I was like, why can't I do this? And why yeah. aren't I doing that? And why don't I wanna yeah, go out today? <laughs> exactly. I felt yeah. so good last week. Like, what's yeah, going on? Exactly. You hard on yourself mm-hmm. and then you get down. But whereas, you know, after you're tracking it and you understand your cycles, yeah. you can kind of be more gentle with yourself and understand that, oh, I'm just at this
0: phase and that's fine. I'll I'll work around it. And like, I understand it. Yeah, 100%. And that there's an actual biological reason why you're feeling what you are. It's not, it's not just that you're feeling that way. Yeah, that's it. There is a reason for it. There's a cause for it. And that's something we can look at and keep in mind.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So an imbalance in these hormones can really show up as we've seen both physically and mentally. So what can we start doing to balance our hormones? What food should we be eating? What lifestyle changes should we make? And what role does exercise play in it all?
0: Yeah, absolutely. These are some of the big ticket questions, aren't they? <laughs> yes, they are. This is what everyone's yeah. listening for. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly think the first and foremost thing that I look at is protein and fibre intake. Okay. So we we spoke about fibre before, but protein is really one of the building blocks for all hormones. Yeah. So we need to make sure that we're getting enough of that so we're We got the building blocks to make those hormones we need. Fibre also provides assistance in clearing out the excess estrogen, so we need to get those levels of fibre in. Many women that I see actually aren't meeting their protein needs and it's such a common thing that even I struggle some days to get the amount of protein that I need in and this can leave us feeling hungry it can leave us snacking throughout the day and when we're in that hungry snacky phase we're often not making good nutritional choices and it's going to lead to some of those poorer choices which just it's not giving us the nutrients we need The other thing we want to look at is that we're getting enough energy in. And this is where complex carbs or starchy fruit and veg really come into play, making sure that we are balancing all of those macronutrients and we've got a good ratio of them all towards each other. Something that we often see um, when women are under eating is that they've got a deficit. So the energy that they're bringing in isn't actually meeting Mm. the energy needs of their body. And what can happen when that there is an extreme deficit is that we can, the first thing that we end up seeing impacted is the reproductive system. Yeah. So this is common in high-level athletes when you might see that they start missing their period or go mm-hmm. for a really long time without the period. It's because their body's simply just not getting enough energy to be able to support that reproductive process. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I guess the main things we want to look at are getting good quality protein, which is from animal and plant sources, Yeah, pairing this with vegetables and fruit to make sure we're getting vitamins and minerals and fibre, but also trying to reduce any highly inflammatory or processed foods. So mm. focusing more on those nutrient-dense meals and trying to reduce the intake of sugar or refined carbohydrates and instead swapping them for nice complex ones. Yeah, In terms of lifestyle lifestyle then we're going to be looking at sleep and stress reduction as the biggest ones so sleep is when your hormones are actually produced and released in the body so we need to make sure that we're getting that eight or nine hours of sleep whatever works for you each night Mm -hmm. so that our body has that chance to rejuvenate in terms of stress i touched on this before the biggest thing here is keeping those cortisol levels in check if they're not in check then progesterone will start to be impacted by that yeah when we look at exercise the biggest thing I say is just daily movement, just every day having some form of movement you're doing. If there can be some weight bearing exercise, that's fabulous. I tend to say if you're the kind of person that's really stressed out or really Mm. busy, I I tend to say avoid high intensity exercise because it can actually end up increasing those cortisol levels even more. But in saying that, like we were talking about before, as your mood changes throughout the cycle, there might be times when you feel like, oh, I'm I actually could handle a really high-intensity workout now, and that might be the week or so before yeah. your ovulation because you're feeling more energetic and mm. you're feeling a bit more confident in that, yeah. less yeah. stressed. So, yeah, it's it's a bit of looking at the time in your period but also the, the kind of person you are and some of the symptoms yeah. you're having.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So can we quickly touch on fats as well? Because I feel like they get such a bad rap, but healthy fats play a huge role in hormone health. Can you shed some light on that? Yeah,
0: absolutely. I just think fats are so important and yeah. I still I still cringe a little bit every time I hear someone say, oh, I'm on a low fat diet. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just no. like, oh no. <laughs> so old school. Yeah. Um, But like I said before, with the protein, Mm. fat is another building block of hormones. And specifically, cholesterol is the building block of estrogen and progesterone. Mm. So if we're not getting fat in our diet, then we're not going to have the building blocks for those hormones. Yeah. Fat can also provide some really important nutrients. So We've got omega-3 and vitamin D, which are super crucial for egg health Mm. and also ovarian reserve, which is essentially the pool of eggs in your ovaries. Yeah. But when we talk about fat, we do want to keep in mind the type of fat we're having. So we want to avoid the saturated fat, Mm -hmm. which you typically find in cakes, biscuits and pastries, and focusing more on those unsaturated sources such Mm -hmm. as fish, avocado, nuts and seeds and eggs. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So really having all those macronutrients and a balanced diet is so important i feel like our diet culture now is always excluding one of those foods one of those food groups Mm -hmm. and it's you know from a hormone hormone perspective it's like well no because you're not getting everything that you need to be feel nourished and You know, you need your complex carbs and you need your healthy fats and you need your protein and Mm -hmm. your fiber and all of that is what makes up a healthy body, a healthy mind. And I think it's so important to find that balance on your plate every meal with those amazing foods because they all have so many Mm -hmm. great benefits. Yeah,
0: it's so important. And it's also important. I think this is where sometimes people get a bit confused Mm -hmm. is you need to look at the types of food you're getting those nutrients from. So. Yeah, you want to be choosing good quality protein and good quality complex carbs and avoiding those more refined ones and same with the fat. You want to be choosing unsaturated over the saturated. So it's about the the type of nutrient and the type of food that you're getting them from.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So... As a dietitian, what is something you do? Maybe more than one thing, but what is something you do every single day to ensure you are nourishing your hormones?
0: Yeah, so there are lots of things that I could say here, but I think the I just can't go over making sure that you have three consistent meals a day, each one with quality protein and fiber. This yeah. is something that I feel a lot of women miss, and it's often just the first might be simple but it's a pretty big impact step that can have on your hormones so just making sure that you get those three meals in a day not skipping meals and and not you know chucking something together last minute and just having no nutrients Mm -hmm. so you want to make sure that you're you're looking at those three meals a day and you've got good balance between all those macronutrients and many women aren't actually eating their protein requirements so if you're having a meal that is heavy in carbohydrates and it's essentially like a missed opportunity Mm. to get some protein in and you're gonna be trying to make up for that in the rest of your day and and in the end you you just won't get there yeah so of course carbohydrates are really important but like we were saying before it just needs to be that balance between protein carbohydrates and fat so yeah I think this is the first and foremost step in in the overall diet and lifestyle and really looking at those habits that yeah. you're creating and doing on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So what's your favorite meal? What's your favorite balanced meal to have that you feel nourishes your hormones and just your body in general? Oh, there's so many. But yeah. I think
0: every oh every single week at least, well several times a week, my dinner meal will always consist of some good quality protein. So maybe yeah. it's like chicken or some lamb. Yeah. Nice salad, big salad on the side, about half my plate. And then often some roast veggies there as well. So maybe some roast potato or some roast broccoli, roasted carrot. Every a lot of my dinner meals will consist of this kind of meal portion or this kind of balance. Mm. And some some variation of that.
1: Yeah. And it's so simple. Like (laughs) it is. Yeah. Protein, cooked however you want. Yeah. And then your salad. And then some roasted veggies. Like how simple is that? Yeah. And you can meal prep that at the start of the week, like make it in big batches
0: and 100%. Yeah, I think so that's simple. Yeah, that's what catches a lot of people out is they feel like they have to be in the kitchen cooking yes. these like amazing meals and following these complex recipes. And personally, I actually hate that. Yeah, no way. (laughs) It's simple all the way. (laughs) Yes, of course. Yeah. So it really is about just bringing it back to basics and saying like, well, no, you don't actually need a fancy restaurant class meal. You can just make sure you're getting in those core nutrients and have some habits as well. Have some like go-to routine meals that you know work and you know are easy to make and you can fit it in so much better than having to yeah. think every single night about the meal that you're going to create yeah. or the recipe you're going to follow.
1: And yeah. I find that that is something that a lot of women think that they need to have mm-hmm. a different meal and a different recipe for every meal of yeah. the day. Yeah. And it's like, no, you can eat the same thing a week if you want. Like if you won't get sick of it, I mean, I make the same yeah. lunch and I eat it every day of the yeah. week. Yeah. And it's fine. And, and, you know, I might mix up my dinners every now yeah. and then, but it's totally fine to be yeah. eating the same thing as long as you said, you know, if it works for you and it tastes good and you know it makes you feel good, just yep. get it into you. It doesn't need to be complex. It doesn't need to be confusing. Exactly. Yeah. And
0: I think, yeah, this is, I mean, obviously we want some variation. So whether of it's course. changing up your veggies or yeah. changing up the type of meat you're having, but that basic kind of mm. setup is something you can just f- use that and yeah. vary it throughout the week. And yeah. it makes everything so much easier from doing your weekly shot because you just yes. know, you just know your go-to foods yeah. and you go to, things that you need in the house that week and then when you get home it's just you're on like autopilot with your cooking you don't have to think about it it's just you just do it and it's there so yeah, yeah creating those good habits is just so important, I think.
1: Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, where can everyone find more of you? Because I'm sure they're going to want to come and search you up and learn more <laughs> about hormone health. Yeah. And, yeah. Where can we look for you? Yeah,
0: so I'm on Instagram and that's where I post a lot of my um, information that I'm researching. So my handle is at Nutrition. I've also got a website, which is Au, and on there you'll find some blog posts and more information and freebies as
1: well. <laughs> beautiful. I love yeah. it. You've got such a nice
0: feed and oh, thank such a beautiful you. website.
1: So thank you. thank you for everything today and sharing all that Really, really interesting information. Yeah, thank you I so was much definitely, for having me. Yeah, I was thinking about a lot of things as we were talking. I'm like, okay, I've got to do this and I've got to work on this. And <laughs> yeah. now I understand this better. This is great. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Of course. So that brings us to the end of today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I hope you have taken even just one piece of wisdom from this episode that you can apply to your life to help you grow and be a happier and healthier version of you. Please like, subscribe and make sure to share us on your socials sending lots of love to you all bye